This is the Unbreakable Golfers Podcast, where we're shining a light on your pain and weakness and how it is affecting your positions, your power, and your performance on the golf course. Five rules from the future's past. Uh, Pre-COVID, I had a construction company set up in London's Topnacle Road, just off the Topnacle Road. It's obviously at Goose Street Station. And we used to look after a lot of the buildings in the area. And there was things that we had to deal with on a daily basis just by being in that area, being in that industry, and doing whatever we had to do. Now, we had five set of rules that I'd put up in the office. These five set of rules were basically what we lived by based on previous experience with said clients in the electrical game, in the construction game, in the building game, in the media game, basically everything that we'd learned over those years. And they was detailed down into five simple rules that were printed up on the wall. Now I'm gonna teach you these five rules and tell you how you apply them to your golf performance. So rule number five was old tight, we may have the wrong end of the stick. Now this rule was basically a just a quick check before something happens and you want to fix bayonets and go to war. <laughs> you want to go and have a row, you want to write that email, you want to sack clients, whatever it is you want to do. It was like, hold up, we just might have the wrong end of the stick. Now this is about perception. We are, I can't remember what book it's in, but uh, if I remember it before the end of this pod, I'll tell you, but the idea is we are meaning-making machines. So anything that happens, we attach meaning to it. That meaning is based on the information we've got. And if we don't question that meaning, that meaning becomes the truth, whether it's true or not. So you could get, say you get uh, an email, and in that email, you've read it in the wrong tone. So someone has said something, but you've read it in a wrong tone, or a text message or something like that. And you instantly think, what's he saying? You will attach meaning to it, which means you can get the wrong end of the stick, which means you can cause problems that you don't necessarily need to be causing at that moment in time. So that was rule number five. So something happens, just look at rule number five, hold up, hold tight, we may have the wrong end of the stick. Right, rule number four. We used to, uh, we basically had our office in uh, a large, well, one of the world's largest media companies. They had a, a set of three offices that were next to each other. We were set up in one. And we used to look after and deal with facilities a lot. Now, why, rule number four was facilities didn't say it was our fault. They just said they was going to blame us. This, this rule was basically that just because someone is blaming you, it doesn't mean it's your fault. People, most people, and I'd say 80% of the population and probably more, are blamers. It's someone else's fault. The reason why they can't do X is because of Y, and it's got nothing to do with them. Now, everyone does this at a certain level, but there's a large chunk of people that the first thing that they do is to blame someone else because they're terrified of making mistakes. Just because they do it shouldn't mean that you do it. So if you're blaming someone else for your current results, you are a victim. 
and you want to be a victor. How you become a victor is regardless of the situation that you're blaming someone else, you say, right, what can I learn? How can I get better? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? Just changing that frame gives you a new way of seeing that it's not someone else's fault, whether it was or wasn't, and that you had some action in it, or if you continue, it is your action in it. And it gives you an ability for an action to move forward, and that's how you get better. Right, rule number three was, uh, what was that? Oh yeah, opinions are like arseholes, but most of them are full of shit. Now this come about because in theory, we were the experts when it comes to electrical. But you would deal with people that are not experts, but had probably read something on Wikipedia, or done a quick YouTube video, read a, uh, gone for a YouTube video, and they have a tiny bit of information, which is true, but in a wrong context is irrelevant. So someone would give their opinion, would be in meetings, and someone would give their opinion, and this opinion, at the time, could be taken as gospel because of their position in the company, their role in the job that's coming on, or their vision of what they're trying to achieve. In which case, rather than shooting them down and destroying them and go, look, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you would go, right, okay, that makes sense in this context, but, and then you would give them a reason to do that. So that was rule number three. Rule number two was, if in doubt, ask Tom. Uh, oh, no, actually, hold up, hold up, hold up. I've jumped through that, I've jumped through that. Right, so go back to the previous one about um, opinions of like ourselves. Now, you would have an opinion of yourself based on negative experiences, whatever it may be. I can't do that. This always happens when I do X. There's no way I can do that. It could be, oh, I can't get up five minutes earlier to do my correctives. It's an opinion. And you want to question that opinion and see if you can back it up with expert data. This is why you would assess something. Okay, you can't get through the ball because you're too old. Maybe. Or you do an assessment and you realise you can't get through the ball because your left or your lead hip doesn't move. You can't internally rotate, which means you can't physically get through the ball. So you have to stand up. You have to lean back. Otherwise, you're going to injure yourself. It's a different opinion based on expert advice. So now, back to rule number two. Rule number two was if in doubt, ask Tom. Now, on the opposite side of the wall, the complete other side was a photo of Tom Cruise in um, Jerry Maguire when he's shouting, show me the money. This was ultimately about where we would be tendering jobs in the southeast of England. And then we would tender a job in Knightsbridge. Sometimes those costs would be hugely inflated based on access uh, access issues, uh, the amount of other paperwork that's got to be done, the prelims, um, just getting materials to site, uh, additional cost, and the cost would go up and up and up and up and up. So you would tender a job in Knightsbridge, and you would look at it and you'd go, oh, that looks that looks heavy. That looks heavy. That does. Oh, oh. And that's based on other faults in your mind, based on other jobs. So the point was when you're tendering that, you turn around and you look at Tom. Tom would say, show me the money. And that concept is based on the idea of the only reason why you have a business is to make profit. Really. Ultimately, if you're, if you're in a business 
and you're not making profit from it, then you're not a business person and you should just go and get a job. Again, I think that book, I think that was Ben Settle stuff, but then again, like I say, well, no, I got this, I remember this one, I got this from Alex Omozi. <laughs> Don't remember anything you can look up. Save space in your brain. Right, so how would you do this in golf performance? Well, there is an unbreakable version of you. So there is the level you are broken at and there's an le- unbreakable version of you. When you go through something like the Fairway 4 experience or whether you just implement Fairway 4 based on these audios, there will be a version of you that is showing up in 90 days. And basically, you want to ask that person how he would think. So if you're someone that always, I don't know, uh, I don't know, what would be a pain in the ass? Let's say, for instance, you're always eating free off a tea on the first hole of any competition you play in. You always do that. Your story is you always do that. You always, always do that. But the unbreakable version of you doesn't do that. So it would be, okay, if I ask the unbreakable version of me, what does he think when he's walking onto the first tee? What does he do when he's walking on the first tee? It gives you a different perspective. So that's the point of that. And the last one, the last one, and ultimately the most important one, rule number one, fuck them. Ultimately, fuck them. Don't worry about the opinions of others. Don't worry about if other people are blaming you. Don't worry about if you choose to become the better version of you and you make mistakes and you fail because at least you tried. Don't worry about any of it because ultimately it's your life. It's your business, it's your life. If you want to get better, you're going to have to be willing to make some mistakes. It's as simple as that. People are absolutely terrified of making mistakes. What people will think about when they make mistakes or because of mistakes they made in the past when they haven't followed through. And that's why when we come to Unbreakable Golfers, we show you a way that you can keep on track, course correct every day, know exactly where you're going, implement the right actions to get where you're going. So they are the five rules of uh, the company that I had for a very long time and how you can implement them in golf performance. So two questions. Two questions. I want you to pick one of these rules, just one, and see where you are not living by it. Second question. By not living by that rule, how are you failing in your golf when it comes to your body, your mind, and obviously your physical part of golf? Good luck. For more information on golf performance, by increasing your power, by getting in better positions, by working on your body and mind, go to unbreakablegolfers.com and sign up to the free asset.